don't look at me, man. That ain't my ketchup packet. Welcome to Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. I'm David Clink. And I am Troy Harkin. This is our special ASMR in science fiction show. Today, we will be examining the sounds of cellophane, sounds of aerosol cans, and the sounds of household anchor kits. In science fiction. I hope you enjoy. David, this, this is the ASMR show we're doing today, isn't it? Or, or we're not doing the quiet show today? Oh. And he's standing over the putt. Oh, are we, are we, we're not doing the ASMR show today? I thought, I thought that's what was on the schedule. Oh, that might be next week. What's today then? Today, I think is, we're looking at the greatest unheralded science fiction series of all time. All right. Yeah. Twiddle twaddle. Yeah. Or as some people refer to it, Devon's lair. Yeah, that's that's I knew it as Devon's lair. And I think some people even know it as Levon's dare, believe it or not. <laughs> no. It's true. And because there's copyright issues, as I think we might learn a little bit more about, but um Tell, tell us about how this whole thing came together, this special show that we're doing today, David. Well, what happened, Troy, was there was a science fiction convention that Wayne Brown runs. It's called Astronomicon, which is in Rochester, New York. That was on November 4th, 5th, 6th in um, 2022. And there was a panel there that specifically looked at this show as dedicated to um twiddle twaddle i was happy to be one of the panelists i know that you were fighting crime at the time so you couldn't make it i was not available that's right unfortunately but the other panelists were ira Naiman, whom we refer to as the third fart yep we have a little extra gas in the tank with with ira yep and adrian cress who is a young adult and i think she wants she might want maybe in the running to want to be the fourth fart I think she may mention that at the actual panel. That's right. As You know what? She's in, if we can, can get her to uh, refer to herself as a yaw novelist. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a yaw novelist. All right. I'm going to put or a slash. YA. I'm going to put a slash between the Y and the A. So uh, Adrian Cress is a young adult genre novelist. Oh. Um, and they did introduce themselves at the panel. So I don't have an introduction here. Probably on our website, we'll have bios and pictures and all that stuff. So they will tell you who they are. Uh, Excellent. This, is, this is our seventh episode of season four, hole number 49, and is scheduled for broadcast. Holy macaroni. On Saturday, April 1st. And we know how much we love, uh, love April 1st, don't we, uh, Troy? Uh, yep. So uh, before that, uh, Troy, if you want to give us a spoiler alert, all right, here we go. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Now, since uh, this episode was recorded at a con or a convention, a 
Uh, it, it may sound different to listeners than uh, some of our other shows. Don't be shocked. Don't try to return your listening device to uh, your retail outlet that you bought your device from. It's okay. Yeah, and I think it sounded pretty good. So we'll see how uh, things go. Um, thanks again, Troy, for the spoiler alert. And on to the show. All right. This is a special episode of Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi, which is a podcast that Troy Harkin and I do. And we happen to have two people on the panel. One of them is the third fart, Ira Naiman, and we have Adrian Kress. I was just wondering if we want to just start off with you both introducing yourselves, and then we'll get started. I I was so touched and honored to be the third fart. It's uh, it's something I've aspired to a long time in my life, and, and to have achieved that is uh, quite the goal. Uh, I'm Ira Naiman. I am a comedy writer, and uh, I've been combining it with science fiction for many years now. And I will say that. You know, an early exposure to Twiddle Twaddle was one of the factors that made me want to write comedy. So it obviously was a very influential um, series in my life. Um, I'm Adrian Kress. I think I should be allowed to be the fourth part. I'm a gassy person uh, myself. Like, <laughs> I thoroughly believe I, I mean, maybe it's, it isn't a title I can give myself. I will attempt by the end of the panel to have earned it. Um, I am an author, an actor, a screenwriter, a director, a producer. I do a lot of things. Um, and uh, most recently, I, I write the, the, the Bendy and the Ink Machine novels, as well as my own series, The Explorers, which is a really adventurous trilogy, uh, middle grade for 8 to 12. And for me, actually, uh, with, with the, I, I, I caught it when it was in reruns, Saturday night. Um, so, uh, but it, for me, I was very young still, so it still had that sort of seminal effect. And I think it does, it influences my humor and, and, and the adventures that I like to play. Thanks a lot, both of you. And what we're, what I'm going to do, this is the Astronomicon convention. It's the 13th Astronomicon. It's in Rochester in the U.S. I guess it's New York State, right? Correct. My geography is pretty bad. <laughs> and it's November, the, the week, weekend it's running is November 4, 5, 6. This is November 5th of 2022. It's 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Wayne Brown is the person that runs Astronomicon, so shout out to him. This is the Twiddle Twaddle Appreciation Panel. I will read the description and then we'll take it from there. What was the greatest science fiction show of all time? Was it Star Trek, the original series, or The Prisoner, or Quark, or The Star Lost? None of those. It was a show called Twiddle Twaddle. Or was the show called Devon's Lair? People have differing recollections. Depending on who you ask, the show was set on a spaceship. Or was it a space station or a mining colony? Some think it was a radio show in the 40s or a British competitor of Doctor Who in the 60s, chock full of cheesy effects and aliens with English accents or a mix of high fantasy and space opera in the 70s or a sitcom in the 80s. Everyone remembers the heroic captain, the dashing first officer, the robot with its secret orders and little Jimmy, mm. the catchphrases 
the great and not so great moments, the first interspecies kiss on TV. Can a television series be both widely popular and extremely niche? This is the dilemma posed by Twiddle Twaddle, which is now largely forgotten, even by people who love it. In this panel, we will look at the creation of Twiddle Twaddle as well as its ultimate fate and share some of our favorite moments from the show. Could it be an example of the Mandela effect? Could it have starred Howie Mandela? Come to the panel and find out. Audience members or our audience member will be invited to share their memories as well. And as I said, we have Adrian Kress and Ira Naiman. I am David Klink. I don't think I introduced myself. I'm one half of Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. I'm a poet and a podcaster and a poker player and a few other P words. <laughs> so what I would like to do is to just start with the idea of talking about um, twiddle twaddle. Now, the first question I have is that Star Trek was a wagon train to the stars, which sort of sounds like an elevator pitch, mm -hmm. just like you can say Outland, if anyone even remembers Outland was high noon in space. You can also, of course, have snakes in a plane. You can have cowboys and, and aliens. You can combine a whole bunch of things with a very short description that captures the show. So I was wondering if either of you remember what might have been the elevator pitch for, in this case, Devin's Lair or Twiddle Twaddle. I, if, if I remember correctly, and, and I'll admit my memory is a bit hazy, uh, I believe it was Leave it to Beaver to the Stars. <laughs> so um this you know captures both the the sitcom -y aspect of it um and the science fiction -y aspect of it uh all in something that um unfortunately most of the members of our audience are probably too young to remember but uh, it was very powerful pitch at the time obviously because it was in fact produced it was successful i had heard that someone had said that the catchphrase should be in space, no one can hear you laugh. But I'm not sure if that was even the catchphrase because. See, I think that's really interesting because I, I, maybe it was just because of when I, when I watched it and maybe they were trying to appeal to a younger demographic. But for me, uh, it was, it was, it was just a, escape from New York to the stars. Um, that, so it was more focused on the action and, and and a sort of post-apocalyptic um, feeling, which of course is is not throughout the entire. You know, I mean, I'm not addressing the time travel or the dragons or anything like that. But I think yeah, that's yeah. where they were trying to go, possibly when I was watching that. Well, it depends. Where were you watching it? Oh, this was at home. This was well, uh, no, but where was home? Oh, in in, in Canada. Okay, yeah. because in different um, jurisdictions, uh, different seasons of the uh, series were aired. So your oh, memory totally of it cool. could be completely different from somebody who watched it, even from province to province. Oh, that's, actually. I actually didn't realize that. I thought I just, though it would explain it because I always felt like I'd come in in like season three, you know, and, right. and they would say, you know, once they would get through, they, they would start over again, like, cause it's it sort of, it was syndicated like that. Um, and I always, I missed the introduction of, uh, the wolf fox. He just sort of appeared. Um, uh, but even crazier was, um, as Lacey Moore, 
who was the android uh, at least in like for like two seasons uh suddenly got replaced by a toaster oh and and so i don't know maybe uh, maybe i missed that transition because of where i was living and what well, they were showing and you know the worst part of that was that the toaster actually was a better performer well i like the yeah. i like the toaster but i didn't right. i didn't know how that like, there was no it was almost like they just expected the audience and this is you know from love because i really love the show but like they expected us to fill in the blanks but maybe i actually missed missed the blanks well definitely chrome added a wonderful touch mm-hmm. to the show mm-hmm. and part of it was it's almost like firefly um where they actually, in some cases, just presented it in a different order when it had come out, right. and that messed up fans. Now, yeah. the next question I've got is uh, about um, actual catchphrases. So Star Trek had many, including Beam Me Up, Scott, He's Dead Jim. There are a lot of great catchphrases from Star Trek, among others. Now, what were some of the catchphrases you might have remembered from Devin's Lair? Uh, the one that, that immediately springs to mind is, uh, what are you planning on doing with that cheese grater? Uh, ha, ha. Oh, and the way that they could just like, you're like, oh, they're not going to get it in this episode. Yeah. The food episode was a classic. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the food, yeah. But then, oh, uh, God, there was the, 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 uh, the, the, um, time, uh, jump back to the French Revolution and that. When they did the cheese grater, like, but it worked. It totally worked. It was totally unexpected. Unexpected, but it, it was it was earned. Yes, it was totally earned. When they said when when Marie Antoinette said, "Let them eat toast." Yes, and the, and the toaster was really concerned. That, like, just said, "Come on." Yeah, no, but it, again, it's it's amazing how they how they made it work. Um, I always like sort of the um, the reference to. Um, uh, you know, Demogen, I'm, I'm a doctor, you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed uh, the Demogen, I'm a llama. Mm. Bit. Um, that, of course, I was a kid. So that was sort of like the thing I really enjoyed. You but find, I also like a llama. Like, I mean, yes. the main character. Like, but I thought you, that was an interesting idea. You find that um, if you go back to it now mm-hmm. as an adult, um, the llama line was a bit forced. Well, I mean... Don't make me agree with you on that. <laughs> I, I can't. Like, I, I have to have the T-shirt. So I'm like, okay. I agree. Well, no. Yeah. See, I didn't realize you had the T-shirt. Yes. That changes everything. <laughs> I was a big fan of that, but I, I do agree. I, it, it wasn't, but, you know, here's the thing. I think it was, and this is coming from a children's writer. I, I think there are some elements that were with children in mind. That I mm. think, yes, it's an adult program. It was it was made for grown-ups. Yeah. But I think similar sort of to Doctor Who in that way. They, yes. They, and that's what I liked about it. Yeah, and Clint Howard, that, that guest appearance that mm. Clint Howard had, really brought it home. Yeah. He's, I think, an underrated um, mm-hmm. um, actor. He's wonderful, of course, in the, the original series of Star Trek. Um, and he certainly put his stamp on Devin's Lair, for sure. Um, we can move on to... Oh, sure who had a lot of good oh it did. Yeah, yeah like... Uh... Uh, reverse the polarity of the neutron flow. That could uh, hurt. <laughs> my favorite one is it's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside. <laughs> or use it in the latest movie. Or the it's problem, smaller on the outside. Than the this problem is. with reversing the polarity, and this happens so often in Twiddle Twaddle, is that the next episode they just reversed it back, and it's like how 
do you justify continually reversing the polarity when it doesn't actually seem to be changing anything? Well, that's because the neutron flow doesn't actually have a polarity. It, it, it's a piece of double talk. <laughs> and eventually they admitted that. There you go. But you see, <laughs> you know, as a kid, you don't know this. You think, uh, oh my God, that's science. That's uh, got to be awesome, right? Yeah, this is Sal Monaco uh, here. And make it, because we're recording this. And huh? and uh, oh. I just want to make sure that uh, you're aware that huh? that you're on tape. <laughs> And this is uh, being recorded and hopefully will be our 50th episode of Tool First Talk Sci-Fi, which is actually in the calendar is set to uh, arrive April 1st of 2023, which is perfect timing. Now, the radio host and podcast of the 30 years. You know, you mentioned tape and it's really interesting because, of course, so many of the uh, early episodes were recorded on tape, but then there was... um, that big storm in the winter and they actually burned a lot of the tapes to keep alive in the studio, mm. you know? So there are so Is many that losses. They, they based uh, the, um, the, the, the mining, you know, the, the bottle episode where they're all trapped down in, in the uh, space mines. It was like, yeah. and then, uh, oh God, what, what's his name? He, uh, not Jimmy, but the other one is pierced on a stalactite in it. But they have is it to... a stalactite or a stalactite? Because oh, I always get those two. Stalactites are the ones hanging. Okay. They might come up. Okay. And this this one kind of sideways. Well, yeah. I mean, it was an alien, so maybe we could. Okay. Yeah. Fair, enough. Um, Fair I, enough. I mean, technically, like we learned, it was the tentacle at the end of the, the thing. That was like, Weatherling, right? Well, Wasn't it, Lieutenant Weatherling. Yeah. 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 And anyways, but that one where they burned, they had to they they to keep themselves alive. I'm so curious if that was actually a reference. Would actually, uh, I think there was a certain biographical element. That's yes. so, I did not actually know that, <laughs> but that's why we have panels like this. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, next question up for the panelists is what was Devin, uh, what was Devin's lair enduring legacy? Oh. Like for me, it was that we can, you know, space is cold. But the human heart is warm and that we can work together and that we can basically overcome any obstacle, no matter how unusual, strange or what have you. Like it was just a way that you can actually work together and and defeat whatever it was or instead of defeating, actually learning to understand that person and the way they are, that alien, and to be able to somehow no, come I, to an I, understanding. I agree with you. I also feel like exactly that, and also winning at all costs. So I feel, you know, like I was always so impressed how many people were murdered or, you know, or died mysteriously. Like they, they, they're the turnover mm. of the cast. Yeah. was so interesting. And I know that, like, some of the actors have said that there's like one of the, they really enjoyed it getting to be part of the show, but they knew like this could be mm. a couple a year, this could be a couple years contract. Like they didn't really know, right? Yeah, yeah. Huh. So um so I do think, you know, family and warmth and stuff, as well as stabbing people in the back. I think it's uh, two themes at least that I took away. Well, Go ahead the, the the I I didn't get any of that. Um for me it huh? was it was teeth. Well yeah teeth was the yeah. you know the importance of good dental care is uh, especially in space travel. Um, was just emphasized. Now, this may be actually, you know, in in retrospect, 
it may have something to do with the fact that the government wasn't quite sure whether they wanted to allow this show to continue. And so to appease the government, they put a pro-teeth message in. Oh, they, they were sponsored by uh, the, the American Dental Association. Um, I have a friend, my friend's uh-huh. dad is a, is a dentist and like, they actually, so he works, you know, when you need like braces and stuff for, for TV film, he's actually that guy. Mm-hmm. And, um, there were a few times where they actually came out to Canada. And, uh, and did some shooting. So he actually ended up being the guy on set. And, and he was actually uh, paid through, yeah, the, the, the dental association, not even, okay. um, the, uh, the, the production company, because I think it's a dream. Well, I, I like your conspiracy theory much yeah. better than mine. <laughs> well, the American. So you need mm. and, and I yeah, yeah. Also because, again, the kid element, I think it's, mm. it is a good method. Well, the American Dental Association has been behind Halloween and candies and and kids eating a lot of sugar yeah. uh, because you know self perpetuating because oh, yeah, then, like like both my sisters and I had like twenty cavities in one sitting once yeah um, and that you know thank you because you know the, it was worth it to and, be honest and this is after you've watched the show like mm. can you imagine if you hadn't oh. watched the show how many <laughs> like you would have no teeth left at this point basically. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do like to think, going back to what you were saying, that like family, though, I I, I know for a fact that the Fast and the Furious series was actually based on uh, on on the show um, because like on that one episode in particular. Um, oh no, I know what you mean. But it's it's like the 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 the, the speed racing, um, but they're not actually racing. They're trying to get to the planet. Because uh, they they're fighting, they're like they're being um, followed by a black hole, like they're mm. going to be sucked into the hole. So they're they're kind of they're racing, racing away from the black yeah, hole. Yeah, they're they're not like racing each other, but the flood it actually gets in the way, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh god, I mean, okay. So let's not talk. We don't talk about the special effects, but that's one of the examples <laughs> where you're like, oh, that's a little painful. Why don't we talk about this? Well, we can, but that one in particular, I think, stands out as just. Like, it's, so it's like a bowl of jello, essentially, that you're looking at. And you're like, no, no, but it bless them. They were problem solving in the moment. Like, mm. I don't want to take away from any of the people who are working on it. And obviously, mm. when the Dental Association pulled out, yes. the budgets drastically yeah. were reduced. So there's also that. Well, there was like that, that Halloween episode. Like, mm-hmm. like one of the things about the Halloween episode is whether it still haunts you to this day, because when they did run into that, right, that, that those aliens that they referred to as sort of like the jello people, because they, <laughs> they sort of looked like jello. And there was the incident where someone mistaken one of the aliens for actual jello. Yeah. Um, and that was quite controversial at the time. Well, I mean, because it was, it was a little like, it got into like R-rated territory. Mm, <laughs> you know mm. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So sort of like, um, I think they got they got away with it because of aliens and Jello. But yes. I think that everybody watching, no, there are no fools watching it, right? Yes, yes, yes. So yeah, that was well, there, were, there were kids watching it. I mean, <laughs> that scene, that scene mm. was not replayed. Like after the original screening of the, no, we saw it like at on DVDs. Talks. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, they struggled with kids. Yeah, I, I never saw it. <laughs> I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah. Um, but honestly, I kind of like. I, there are actually a couple other episodes um, that, at least, they didn't air on network TV that are just they're darker with darker yes. themes, and also yeah. just aesthetically darker. Like, there's the one um, where it's all sort of um, blacklight. Yeah. Right. But yeah. of course, the further away they get uh, from the lights, 
Yeah, you know the the, the the light. So it's literally a very, very, very dark episode. The the make love not noir episode <laughs> was, yeah, that yeah. was the lighting and everything else. Yeah. But it was also almost like one of their Halloween episodes. Yeah, it did well, have that. But I mean, it's also just on a practical sense because they were um, because their budgets had been cut so much that they just couldn't afford the lights. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it, it's a sad thing, yeah. but you know. We watch it for the story. We, yes. we don't necessarily watch it for the effects. Right? You come up with really, you know, cool things. Like there's that entirely black screen episode where it's essentially a radio play. And I think it's because they had to pay the electrical bill. I think that might be why some people thought it started as a radio play. Actually, yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. And in some cases, actually, there was a version of um, Devin's Lair because some people are a bit confused about the shows because some people thought it was called Twiddle Twelve, some thought it was Devon's Lair. And it turns out that the original radio play was Devon's Lair, but there was a creature, some kind of an alien called Twiddle Twaddle. And if you said Twiddle Twaddle four and a half times, like you'd have to say Twiddle Twaddle, Twiddle Twaddle, Twiddle Twaddle, Twiddle Twaddle, then Twiddle. Yeah. And if you did that, then this alien, this demonic thing would appear Within a week. Oh, within oh, a week. Within okay. A week. Yeah, it wouldn't just appear. I'm not looking around the room because you yeah. said it, and I'm like, yeah. well, well, the thing is, in a week, I'm in a bit of trouble. It's going to yeah. I'd have okay. to. Demonstrating it. It will be worth it, you know. Your sacrifice will be worth it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we did mention the food. So, so, what was it about the foods referred to in the series, and particular? What many refer to as the tasting menu episode. Do you uh -huh. remember the actual title of it and, and what happened? Title. I mean, essentially, it was sort of like a cannibalism. That's that's what I remember. Um, but it but was cannibalism for kids. Again, with with all that you know in mind, it was it was it was the recipes were honestly really straightforward. And I remember there was one section that was an easy bake. Uh, so I mean, they didn't call it an easy bake oven. What, what it was literally an easy bake oven, but with like a, a couple extra like things glued on it to make it look more spacey. Oh yes, yes. But it was specific because I know that uh, easy bake oven sales like skyrocketed like, mm -hmm. that Christmas. That was like mm -hmm. the toy. But um, oh, the title was those monster maker toys that oh, Sister Carolyn liked. It was almost a spin on too. Yeah. The, um, it was something like chew on this. Like something like that. Oh, chew on this. Was that the time? Was that a different episode? Then? Oh, oh, I, I, I thought I, I always thought it was a, it was a really charming, charming yeah. episode. But near the end, when the captain said "bite me," it was just yeah. like, and and you laugh because it's like, <laughs> oh, haha, because they mean it literally. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and. Uh, yeah, the show can be very earnest at times. Yeah, it's, it surprises me looking back at it because I I remember it as a fun romp, and then you know you get to this episode with cannibalism, and it's like, oh wait, and of course, <laughs> I felt like genuinely, I was like, as a kid, I was like, this is really useful information. Like, if I'm in a place that obviously I wouldn't necessarily have an easy bake oven, but like a yes. fire or something. Yes, like yes. I actually found it like, oh, I was taking notes. I'm like, I know how to survive now. Um, well, but again, yeah. at the end, when they say, don't do this at home, kids, yeah. you know, you're thinking. But I wouldn't. I do it after thing. Well, there's yeah. a bit of a wink when they said that. Yeah. just into your home. Oh, yes. The, yeah. You have to be prepared for these things, yeah. right? Oh, my God. 
I hate when that happens. Yeah. Last time it was sort of. The insurance or insurance in the house is just like uh, skyrocketing. You know, you laugh, but these things happen far more often than we realize. I know. I, look, I think I'm on my third uh, retaining wall. Like, it's, <laughs> I'm just like. Anyway, but that's not the show. That's just, well, the thing like, about retaining wall is it's supposed to retain. So yeah. it's, it's lost itself at that yeah. point, And then it doesn't understand what it is. Yeah. But uh, one thing. Okay, the central walls in my head. <laughs> well, because, yeah. because uh, and this is such a, a, a thrill of the show. They really get the human condition. They oh. really understand what it means to be a cannibal in your own home. Yes, when a plane when crashes. A plane crashes in. No, it's. it's it's actually really moving. And in that way, I, I do compare it to Shakespeare in that, like, mm. just these human truths, mm. you know, like, like, have not a cannibal a heart. That out damn airplane. Tasty and, yes. Uh, out damn, sorry, which one? Out damn airplane. Yeah. Like, it's like. A pox on your retaining wall. Like, yeah. it's just. It's, well, it's, English teachers, so that you know, you, there was definitely like after episode, you would talk like, so what are we referencing in this episode? Like, you had a little quiz at at the end, um, like the episode, um, oh gosh, again, forgive me, I'm forgetting all the names of the episode, but the ones that is that is essentially uh, Winnie the Pooh, uh, it's like a, it's like a, but it, you know, it's a play on that. It's with it's with the that little bear creature that isn't an actual bear. Winnie at all costs, I think. Might yeah, be what that's it. Called. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, because we slowly we're trying to find out who the serial killer is, mm. um, and we think it's it's the um, it, it's it, it's the antelope. Um, but then by the end, it's it's, it's uh, the shapeshifter took the place of the toaster at one point, and we didn't know how. That's that, also a through line with the this. There's a, how many serial killers can one show have? But yeah, um, I, I, is, is that because this one was it was it was when they landed on that planet and the trees grew upside down, mm. um, and everything was covered in sort of a sticky molasses. Like yeah, again, it was like yeah. referencing you know. Um, and yeah, you would yeah. step in it, and you would stick, you would try to gnaw your own leg off. Again, I don't know, maybe they, this was a cannibalism season, I'm just <laughs> realizing. But it was, yeah, but it was, it, again, that was like when the boom. Um, the upside just, down trees were, were beautiful, like oh. a, a quick thing, like, like the doctor who always had these puns and these jokes, and well, yeah. let's get to the root of the problem. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, but funny. When, like, the roots are up. Right? Yes. So it's like, and so when they think they're going for it's actually the top of the tree. It's a whole lot. Oh, and yes. they realize that moment when the realization, oh my God, these are upside down trees. Yes. It's just that sinking, great feeling. But still that dun, 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 you know, in the, oh, oh, that I love was, it. That was almost a great performance, I have to say. Yeah, almost. Yeah. Yeah. And actors learn to be trees. Like, what kind of tree, if you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? That kind of Oprah question. Oh, yeah. Is. What the essence kind of that episode was. So, like, they, yeah. they, really it. they talked with the arborist literally yeah. um, about that and, and went with, with the cast and what kind of trees. Um, a great, a great many uh, maples for some reason. Life's One a birch things, sometimes. Yeah. Adrian brought up, yeah. I, I just I, I feel I have to comment on because uh, my, my parents also quizzed me on uh, episodes, on the science and episodes after it happened. And I failed, <laughs> right? My parents freaking failed me in twiddle twaddle. That's amazing. Did you have to? Did you actually get like a like? Because I we just had it was more like a conversation. But did you actually get like a paper 
and you had to act like a, a genuine quiz. Yes. Uh, so they're the ultimate uh, Twitter follow fans. Uh, they must be, but it turned me off of the season mm-hmm. series for like several years, right? I mean, we the problem is we are talking about the messaging and sort of the more literary references, but we have to remember, and this is maybe something your parents forgot, that it is a, a pulpy, you know, science fiction, fantasy, horror, um, time travel, historical, contemporary uh, rom com um, TV show. So it, it's it it doesn't have to be that deep. You know what I mean? It can just be um, entertaining and and and. I'm not sure my parents, you know, forgot that or just like never knew it. Oh, and, they just they just didn't. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I should. I wish I had kids so I could like. Do better by them. Yeah. 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 Life didn't happen that way. It is interesting. Have you noticed that it's so exciting that the next generation, all the memes that are now um, out there using uh, Puto Fado, the cheese grater line has, there there are kids who who have been introduced to the show Mm. through memes, Um, especially the one with the the octopus, um, the octopus drinking game. Uh, what you know, he's he's doing this with the arms, but then he does that the tap dance. Um, you know. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, like, what? My next question was about the the character Little Jimmy and and talking about Little Jimmy, but it turns out that Little Jimmy was the octopus. Yeah, I mean, and he had the forehead. Yes, and the one that was like facing backwards. Oh. <laughs> Which was awesome. Um, but I love that that's become memeified. Mm. And all these kids now are totally like checking out the show because they're like, where did the line, I'll eat your cat bitch come from? You know? Oh. Oddly enough, um, uh, not many people know this, but uh, the Beatles song was originally I Am the Octopus, not I Am the Walrus. And um, oh, no. the, yes, and the um, producers of Twiddle Twaddle got uh, word of it somehow and threatened to sue. So they had to change the lyrics. Wow. wow. It's because I know like the, the episode where Ringo Starr guest stars, that would yeah. have been like such mm. a great, you know, crossover. Like if, yes. if the, see, this is where you get in your own way. Like if the Twiddle Twaddle production team had just sort of let it go and sort of, I mean, I mean, it's still a great episode. That's really, it's a really good episode. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I am the octopus. I think yeah. might have been the title of it. If I, I am the octopus. Maybe they were sort of like yeah. it was like, all right, we had a bit of tension between us. This mm. is our sort of like making up. Mm. Yeah. No, that that's I did not know that. Mm. Um, now there was. At least one of the sort of alternate universe episodes, and one of the more famous one from the from the classic track was Mirror Mirror, where Spock had a beard and and Santa Claus didn't. But uh, what do you recall of the alternate universe episode of Twiddle Twaddle? Do you remember the actual title of it? So, well, we know Mirror Mirror is Star Trek, but it, it felt like they were it was a riff on that. Uh, was it something like the fairest of them all? Yes. Is that ringing any bells? The Ferris of the Wall, maybe? The Ferris of the Mall, because it was about a Ferris wheel. So it was the Ferris of the I, Mall. I thought it was the Ferris Bueller of the Mall, actually, now that you're mentioning right. it. Right. I mean, he was, he did guest star in it. I wonder, I wonder if they were playing on that, because there is the Ferris wheel in it. And a float. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And a float, because the Ferris was on float. Yes. And that's like where the whole thing comes in. Yeah, um, yeah. I really liked that what they did, and I especially thought it was brave uh, for 
um, female actors was how like in your mirror, you know, you're evil if you have a goatee. Mm-hmm. You're evil if, if you have, um, uh, like, uh, 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 no hair and a single ponytail sort of at the back. Okay, right, and I, I just I, to me that always worked better than the goatee. I thought the goatee was a little cheesy. Mm. I thought this really felt like, oh yeah, these these are evil, evil characters, and I and I really admired because I know that the, the women actually did shave everything except for that spot um, because they couldn't afford the ball caps, mm. um, which now not so expensive, but uh, I think something maybe the, there was a strike going on within the latex industry um. because that was also why. You know, they like they weren't wearing all the the latex alien makeup mm. that they had. Like, were putting like feathers and pillows and and foam mattresses. Okay, so that's that's where you get the episodes where like they just have like um, quarter of their face black and quarter of their face white. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 exactly. Or or there was a few episodes where they literally just they wrote the name of the alien on their forehead, right? Right. Just in Sharpie. Um, just so, you know, you could, and honestly, we suspended disbelief all the time. I thought it worked just fine. Well, and it allowed you actually to imagine, uh, put your own imagination of what that alien looked like. It's unfortunate that they chose, um, when they started putting out the series in DVD, um, to actually add in alien effects. Yeah. So you lose that you sort lose of innocence. Most of it. Yeah. Well, that's how it looked to me in my head when I was watching it, 100%. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I did think the, Inside Out head was more effective once they mm. added the CGI. Uh, personally, I, I was like, oh yeah, I get it, I get it. And I didn't get it when well, it just said it. You know? I actually found it much grosser in real life than it was in my imagination. Oh. You know, so um, I could probably have done without that. That's that particular. Yeah, it's true, it's true. There's <laughs> also the costume designer actually wrote a tell-all book and the behind-the-scenes of uh, and actually called it feathers, pillows, and foam. Yeah, um, yeah and that one. I mean, I opened a lot of eyes. And yeah, and also, it, I think it really, you know, when when she won the Emmy, you know, and mm. and I think it, you know, when when I mean, she was wearing the pillow shoes, and mm. of course she was also oh, she tripped yeah, and fell yeah, and she yeah. hit her head, so her head gashed. She was bleeding the whole time while she was doing the speech, and then she fainted at the end. But I mean, it's memorable. <laughs> You'll never forget her winning the Emmy, right? Like, yeah, yes. you forget who won costumes for that year. So, but um, I, yeah. I don't remember that. You don't remember her falling oh. on her oh, and the the blood gush. It was like over one eye. It was like I'm. I'm really beginning to think I'm much more squeamish than I than I thought I was. She was laughing and joking about it. She was. She was like, "Just another day working on it." You know, like she. She was. You know, she had. She. She also was missing a hand because of the accident from, um, uh, the Dragonfire episode. Oh, right. So she's, you know, and she, she's amazing. I mean, yeah. but I, you know what? With, this, with all that said, I haven't actually read the book. So you can so I'm going to get the book because I've always really admired her work. Um, and, uh, yeah. Now, the next uh, on the list is, you know, how there are things that they run out of money. And yeah. it's some shows, <laughs> when they uh, spend too much on an episode or are left with having to do, there are two kinds of things. There's a clip show where they just show stuff from before. And, of course, a number of bottle shows where they don't go on plans. They just show on current sets. Uh, how was this done with Devin's Lair? Well, I mean, we've talked about some of the bottle episodes. Yeah. But I, they did do some interesting clip shows. Um, I, there's that one clip show. Um <laughs> 
uh, uh, where, where they're 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 uh, part of the mafia uh, in uh, the nineteen sixties uh, Las Vegas. Oh, uh, I'm not sure you remember the, the show, but there are uh, they, there are clips from like other shows and movies in there. Mm. Um, ah. So it's it's um and it's, it's it was an interesting choice because they chose to do a clip show. But then realize we didn't have the clips. So, you know, so you have, so you have, you know, like, oh God, there's something in the Muppet Show, Goodfellas. Um, there's a Julia Child baking episode, um, excerpt in there as well. I can't remember all of them. Um, but for some reason, and this is what I thought really brilliant, it, it made a focus of story. Far more cohesive in some cases than the actual stories. A hundred percent. It was it was very well it was well done. Well, it's held up with uh, one of my favorites of the original Star Trek series. They had uh, where they took the original pilot, unsold pilot, uh, and uh, which yeah. was the cage, and turned it into the menagerie. That was one that they actually showed clips. As if you, you know, spots on trial and they're actually showing that and it actually worked. Yeah. As opposed to some other examples where it just doesn't. I mean, they filmed that entire Busby Berkeley musical number mm. to do something similar to yeah. that. And then they like literally basically cut the whole number mm. aside from that pirouette at the end. So they right. was like nonsensical. They didn't understand that like the, the con, like they were trying so hard, uh, but I, to me, that's one of the larger wastes of money that they've done in that show yeah. because that was like crazy. That was a massive studio. Well, that, that was, was 300 dancers, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah. Towards the end of season six, because yeah. of course, there's the disconnect between season six and season seven. Mm. By season seven, they're realizing they have no money. So, what can they do? They turn it into a sitcom. That's kind of the dividing point. Mm. Yeah. So they bring it back to Earth. They have standing sets. And now... And the fourth wall, they have like an actual in-studio audience. You have... Yes. A fourth retaining wall. Yeah, a fourth retaining Yeah, You yeah. have the same characters as a space opera. Mm. But now they're like, I love Lucy. They're, they're, you know, it's a very different sort of show. And I think mm. that's part of the reason why people have such different memories of it. Because if you come in... At that point, um, you don't get the starships. You mm. don't get the foam aliens. You get, you know, assembly line humor, basically. You get yeah. uh, yeah, that's true. laugh tracks. And you get laugh well, tracks. Well, they had natural audience. But the problem was, it wasn't funny. So they had oh. to add in the laugh tracks. Um, I think some of it, again, going back to your saying, like, you, you, you can't handle the gross out stuff as much. I think part of the problem was, was uh, they uh, half their audiences like fainted? They had uh, mm. they had to get vomit buckets like under mm. every seat just in case. Um, and it was just the point where. Well, I think I think you know, and and I again I love the series as much as anybody on this panel. Um, but the episode where the alien made a guest appearance, yeah, was probably a misstep. Oh, probably not a well, good idea. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially you know because they 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 brought him up. To the live elephant and the lion at the same time, and then you had um, one of those those little birds of rhinoceros and like the, the bird poop. It was just, I mean, all right. This is also I dread. Obviously, I just watched the episode and I was like, oh, okay, whatever. It's, an, it's they're going. They don't know what they're doing anymore. But then you read about what actually happened behind the scenes and how many people got trampled. It's 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 it's. You can see it's the beginning of the end. I say this all like I feel like we're just talking about the negative the negatives right now. Like I, I still think that it's 
it's a seminal work. Mm. It has influenced so many writers, I'm sure all of us at this table, so yeah. many creators. I and I, I come back to the kids now, like with memes and just refinding it and and the stories are timeless. Yeah. You know? So especially the time travel ones were definitely timeless. Yeah, we're definitely time. well I, I the ones without, without any time travel are also Timeless. Yeah, I think part of the but, problem was that they yeah. just couldn't afford clocks at the studio. So yeah, I know. And that's, oh my God, that's where a lot of the budget issues with the overtime. Yeah. yeah. And that episode you're talking about, the, I think it was called the Mid-Sandwich Cuckoos or something like that. Yeah. Where, where they, again, they keep coming back to food for some reason. Like, I don't know, like one of the people's running it, one of the producers and one of the, the head writers or whatever was a foodie. Mm. And that not another it. food episode. I know it's 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 oh. it, 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 oh, but it, but you know those early seasons especially. Um, again, I didn't ever like I didn't watch seasons one and two until DVD, right? Because mm. I I go to that watching those early seasons. That's where the the magic is, and yeah. literally, right? Because they did have uh, that relationship with the occult, um, and they were. Uh, you know, with, with the with the Sacrament show, there's a Sacrament show every episode. But it was, there were magic. There was magic. That was, that was um, Harry Truman's promise, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a Sacrament show. Yeah, it was that kind of, you know, classic American, wholesome, you know, kind of thing. Okay, so let's move on because uh, from sacrificial chicken to change in actors, which I think Adrian you had mentioned yeah. alluded to earlier, the yeah. idea of a change in actor. Uh, for example, in Bewitched, there was a very notable, maybe the most famous change in uh, actors from one season to the next. So, can you uh, remark on anything that you may have seen as a major change in actors in Devon's Lair? Well, when I when I think of changing of actors, I actually think of the classic uh, Flat Nine from Outer Space, where um, Bella Lugosi um, is changed for is exchanged for um, Edward's dentist, who just happens to be a foot taller and much broader and look nothing like him. Mm. Um, that unfortunately happened. Because as Adrian was saying earlier, because there was such turnover mm. in the cast, mm. um, and I, I think the series kind of shot themselves in the foot that way. Um, well, especially they, when when um, when when Michael, um, oh god, uh, uh, Michael Barnes that shot himself in the foot. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that was. I mean, they had no choice with that one. Um, that was just a warning bell to say that we've got maybe five minutes to wrap oh. things up. So, because um, things have gone now, one thing I just wanted to quickly go into before we wrap up is the robots' secret orders. Mm. And do you remember what they were and what happened? Well, I was gonna let I I, I would go first, but uh, oh, thank you. yeah. <laughs> um. Yes, I'm sure they had something to do with teeth, but uh, but I just may be a little obsessed because I just came from the dentist. Uh, Adrian, what you... well, no, no, it was uh, okay. So uh, one of the orders, at least, was um, was was the, the 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 order of Van Gogh. If you remember, it's it's the it's it's the well, they got like a, it was a, an artsy sort of episode, but the idea was uh, the removal of of one ear. Um, and then, uh, and, and then the exchanging of ears, if you remember. Um, I, it's not teeth, but I, I'm wondering if you're thinking body parts that one, possibly. 
I think it may have been. Oh yes, and uh, and the and the uh, the doctor who always had these puns and these crazy. He said, in speaking in quote, of course, years would seem like decades or something. Yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Trying to and everybody's yeah. exchanging years at this yeah. point. And you're like, I don't understand why why this is happening. And then, of course, you know, the, the, the robot. And someone said ears won, and yeah. then it was it was yeah. just chaotic. Yeah, because also one year, like it wasn't. Both. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a dollar an ear because they said not bad for a buck an ear. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then there's the pirates. I love the top because it was a pirate. It was uh, yes. what was his name? It was that great British actor, um, Sir Randall uh, Whiteshead. Oh. Remember with the fucking year? Anyway, so yeah, that that one I really enjoyed because I was like, oh, because you know, but it's also a play on the the pirate thing. Mm. And he had an actual wooden leg, um, not on his person. He just had one, right? Um, and carried one around. Yeah, it was yeah. very. He just walked to the set carrying this carrying wooden, leg. wooden leg, like he had two regular legs. He yeah. just carrying a wooden leg, and it's yeah. like, what, what's that about? Yeah. But I mean, it's actors, right? Yeah, um, yeah. You're yeah. not going to question their well, method. No, I, I had heard that it was. Um, it was his father's wooden leg. Oh, that's lovely. I didn't actually know that. And, yeah, that's touching. It was bequeathed to him after his father. Well, he didn't die exactly, but he, he kind of moved away. Right. But I saw him drinking from, like, he actually was hollowed out oh, and he hollowed. kept, and he kept spirits. I mean, that would make sense. Like, I some mean, alcohol. A classic old world British actor. So I just saw him just, yeah. you know, just <laughs> drinking from this, this okay. wooden thing. Then the last thing I was just wondering if, unless you wanted to uh, yeah. jump in with something, was, um, the shapeshifter episode and how they realized it wasn't the captain. Mm. Mm. Well, there were so many clues. <laughs> uh, I was actually surprised that it took them so long to mm. figure out it wasn't the captain. Um, uh, I mean, you know, just in the first scene, uh, he's sitting in the captain's chair and he's going, what am I doing here? I'm not a starship captain. That should have been a clue, <laughs> right? I think it, it, you know, it played on our expectations. Also, we know that throughout the series, he always had such crippling self-doubt mm. like that did he actually belong what should he be the captain so i think at least for somebody like me watching that i was just like oh yeah that's that's the captain. That's, that's just how he that's yeah. how he thinks yeah i think i think for me it started um to click in when he was scooting around his butt everywhere i was like mm. oh that i don't think i've seen that before from yeah like a squirrel trying to clean his behind or something like that yeah exactly yeah, that's, 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 that's anyway but that was for me Okay, so we're basically done because it's about one fifty-four. Uh, so, anyways, thank thank you, Adrian. Thank you, Ira, for being on this panel to talk about Twiddle Twaddle. It's awesome, honestly, it's so rare you actually get to just take an hour and just fan out like this. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Thank you both so much, and we'll end the recording there. Great. Here we go. That's our twiddle twaddle episode. Wow, that was something. That was, you know what? It was something. And we are looking forward with with the culmination of this show, which was 49. We're looking forward to celebrating our 50th show on April 15th. The big five. Oh, David. Holy cow, Troy. Can you believe it? 50? Uh, No. No, not really. 
Uh, this one is going to be a lot of fun and, and we'll certainly stay tuned and we'll let people know how it's going to go. But it looks like it might be a live show. And we always appreciate those things they used to do with um, Stargate where every special number like 50th or 100th or whatever episode number, they did something quite spectacular. So we're hopefully going to do something that will be very memorable for number 50. There might even be cake, cake with coins in it. Oh, that would be nice. Uh, folks, please remember to catch us on all of our socials, your favorite podcast provider. Um, try Spotify. Our website is 2numeric2of.ca. Um, Facebook, really, Facebook, I think, is the place to uh, check out um, all of the feedback about shows. And we post between shows, uh, things that relate to the episode. We post things. So it's it's a nice tie-in. Listen on Spotify and then go to Facebook and, and chime in. And on Facebook, we are Two Old Farts Talk Sci-Fi. And, you know, just enjoy and tell a friend. Like and subscribe. I am David Clink. And I am Troy Harkin. See you all for our next continuing, wonderful, amazing adventure of Two Old Farts. Talk sci-fi. Shh. Devon's Lair, American sitcom, 1985-1987 ABC 12-year-old Devon Darkham loves playing Dungeons and Dragons with his friends. But one night after repeatedly being warned by his mother and minister Fallow that the game is a gateway to Satanism he unleashes a mischievous two-foot-tall demon named Twiddle Twaddle. Played by Clint Howard. The demon is a childish imp who is unable to return to his realm so Devon befriends the creature and tries to incorporate Twiddle Twaddle into his all-American school life. Twiddle Twaddle often roared the non-sequitur, that ain't my ketchup packet. This quickly became his catchphrase and a cultural phenomenon of its own. The phrase was printed on t-shirts and bumper stickers while a joint project between Heinz and McDonald's spun the phrase in an ad campaign that proclaimed, This is your ketchup packet. While his friends Glenn and Fat Gale are included in the secret of Twiddle Twaddle, Devin's mother and Minister Fallow are not. The show was initially picked up as a mid-season replacement for Manimal. Its ratings were high enough that it was picked up for a second season. Though midway through the second season it drew controversy when episode 3, The Sow is Mine, aired. During that episode it was announced that Devon would have been the love child of his mother and minister Fallow had he not been aborted. Stricken with grief his mother resurrected Devon. Most of this episode was told in flashback as Twiddle Twaddle reveals the truth to Devon during a game of Ruth or Dare. The show also featured Twiddle Twaddle in blackface and attending school with Devon as part of his Truth or Dare. 
The show's sponsors complained and Devon's Lair was cancelled before another episode could air. An unaired episode featured Devon becoming possessed and killing both his mother and minister Fallow with a ram's horn, and then turning the weapon on Twiddle Twaddle. The episode ended with a close-up on Devon, who looks into the camera and says for the first and last time, That ain't my ketchup packet. Producer Dan Dandervan complained that the show was always pitched as E.T. meets The Exorcist meets Leave It to Beaver felt the show's cancellation was uncalled for. In an interview with People magazine shortly after the show was pulled he said, My takeaway was America loves violence. And they love Satanism but not at the same time especially if ALF is the lead in. Those who recall the show refer to it as the most cancelable show in TV history. Maxime Dobado, a self-proclaimed Devon's Lair Uberfan, has constructed a list of issues that occur within the show's 19 episodes. Many of these issues take place in the episode, The Sow is Mine, 